As the government plans to have two referendums on March 8th to amend our constitution, voters will be asked if they wish to amend Article 41 of the constitution to provide for a wider concept of the family, not one only based on marriage. They'll also be asked if they wish to delete Article 41.2 of the Constitution to remove the text on the role of women in the home and insert a new article to recognise family care. Christina Finn, to you first, it's been reported this week that there's growing concern within government about the fate of the proposed referendums with several senior government sources expressing scepticism about the prospects for success in these referendums. What are you hearing? Yeah, I think when you talk to people within government, there definitely is that scepticism that perhaps um, it is quite a short lead in time for such a complicated debate to take place in relation to these two referendums. Um, There were a number of amendments put down as well from opposition parties um, who want uh, changes to that wording um, that people will be asked to vote on. So I think there is a feeling within government that perhaps um, they have a bit, a bit of a battle, I think, on their hand. And look, it's it's not going to be a great look, I think, if that does come to pass that, you know, they put these referendums on, I think it's International Women's Day. They're, they're very much, um, you know, putting it out there that they want success here. But I don't think it's going to be a very good look if they end up um, losing the vote on that day. Um, you know, I, and as well, I think they have to get the communications right. There's a short time to do that. Roderick O'Gorman was in the door today saying, you know, the government's, um, you know, communication strategy will be around how this uh, wording and, and the constitution is outdated and uh, needs to be brought, um, you know, in line, I suppose, with modern society. But again, having listened to the debate, and I think over the next couple of weeks, I think they will struggle to engage the public um, on the issue, not because um, it's not a worthy discussion or debate to have, but because it is difficult to translate that into what it might mean for people's everyday lives. And, you know, when there's a lot of going things going on in the world and, and, and people's lives already, um, having those discussions about, um, you know, the definition of certain words, um, the definition of family, the role of women, um, I think it could be a bit of a struggle for them. And a lot of the debate so far, in, at least in the public space, has been uh, on the pages of newspapers, mm-hmm. amongst opinion columnists, and some of that feeding into the political debate rather than vice versa. Yeah, I think we've only kind of seen the campaign, I think, start really in the last number of days. And as you said, yeah, we have had different size coming out but you know we do have two referendums here you know there's a lot at play you know we're talking about the care of um, the care within the home there's disability rights groups um, campaigning and and discussing this there's uh, women's uh, rights groups there's um, you know a whole host I think of people that have um, skin in the game with it but uh, yeah I think there just needs to be perhaps a bit more of a straightforward um how would I say, a, a clearer explanations um, need to be hammered home, I think, to the public about what what this means. All right. Uh, Pauline O'Reilly, uh, for, from the government's point of view, has, has it learned nothing from the conduct of previous referendums? Because from this side of the water, 
the Brexit referendum was looked at and the British government was criticised about not adequately explaining the effect of the vote in advance, not building coalitions in advance to uh, secure support for the referendum and, and not give the time to debate important issues in this. Here we are, seven weeks out, the legislation is still being debated, the implications of it are still being talked about in the Dáil It's not a lot of time for people to make up their minds on constitutional change and they may just decide to say no while they have a think about it. Well, I think it'd be a huge mistake to say no. Firstly, that's that's the thing to say that we've actually been discussing this for decades now. Um, This is about removing sexist language from our constitution. And lest anyone forgets, a constitution is about setting down the values of a society. So I believe that our society is no longer sexist, but I believe that our constitution doesn't reflect that. And that does have an impact on us in a, in a daily kind of a sense, um, that some people are valued more than others, that some people have more choices than others. Um, so the change is about saying we're taking out that sexist language. We are still saying that care in the home is just as important now as it was in 1937, but it's care that can be done not only by women, but by men and is equally valued. And furthermore, that it's going beyond the wording that said the state will endeavour to support that, to say it has to, it now has to strive to support that, which is actually stronger language. And the third really important thing is there are 42% of children in Ireland born outside marriage. And that, that as a family is not recognised. Lone parents, families with a lone parent, are not recognised in our constitution. And it does have all kinds of ramifications. And if we look at like countless pieces of legislation down through the years since 1937 have reflected this bias that says women have fewer choices, pension rights, all of those things. You might argue that those things have changed and a lot has changed, but it's, it's changed in spite of the constitution, not because of it. So this is a simple thing to say, do you want a more modern Um, reflection of our values in the Constitution. A constitution cannot be every piece of legislation. It's not not looking to be every piece of legislation in the same way as, you know, repeal a few years ago, which I was very much involved in. There was a a tangible effect for repealing the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution in that it removed the shackles on government to legislate for legal abortion. There was a tangible effect in the case of the marriage equality referendum in that it allowed same-sex couples to marry. What's the tangible effect of this that would encourage people to vote? Well, number one, we don't know what future governments are going to look like. We only have to look look at some of the... Some of the um, some of the countries across some parts of Europe and indeed across further afield um, where you have much more conservative governments come in over time. I don't think that we can say, that we can put it, leave it to chance to say we can continue to say underpinning things is that women have fewer choices. And that has happened in other countries where things have gone backwards in terms of um, women having fewer choices over in the past about about their bodies, but also what kind of jobs they can do. I mean, the constitution... I know, but the... the, the, I understand understand that it's difficult. This this, um, uh, article in the constitution about a woman's duties in the home, it didn't prevent the lifting of the marriage bar. It didn't prevent... 
uh, child benefit being brought in. So what wh- what what are you talking about? Can you, can, rather than, I suppose, creating a spectre of an unknown that might be done, name it. What are you talking about? Y- you can say that it didn't prevent those things from happening. But a lot of constitutional historians would say that it actually was the was the precipitator for those things being put in place. It was the precipitator for a law being put in place that women couldn't be counsellors once they became married, for instance. And so, yes, those things have been turned back. Does it mean that if you take... Other other, other historians would say that the unemployment rate in the 1930s uh, was one of the reasons the marriage bar was introduced simply because it was unconscionable that men wouldn't work and women would. Well, well look, and we, and, we can, and we can discuss that, but, but I mean, my point here is, do you want a constitution that reflects your values or not? Are we sexist okay. or I'll, are we not? I'll, I'll go to the and, other and, and we And we can have an argument over which pieces of law might come in in the future, but it's a simple question. Who are we as a people? Do we recognise the 42% of children today in classrooms, sitting with our okay. children who are not part of a, of a family as recognised by the Constitution. Okay, I think that's shameful, quite, quite frankly. Breedsmith, redefining uh, the, the definition of you know, the basis for the family or marriage being the sole basis for the family and recognising the role of carers. Will you be supporting those amendments to the Constitution? I think the, both the sets of amendments are very confusing. And I think you make a very good point about what real impact will it have on people's lives and therefore will people be saying I should vote on this or not or will I bother because what will it deliver what changes will it deliver and first of all the the amendment that says that the family is you know a change in character and is more than just you know mammy and daddy it's also it you know could be a lone parent family or two mammies or two daddies or whatever I think most of us recognise that that's fair enough and to change that around is fair enough but then it also says in the same breath and marriage is recognised as a special uh, thing within the family and we will fight to defend it. I forget the language I haven't got in front of me. Well, I'll, I'll get but, it for you now while you're looking. Yeah. I'll, I'll get you the exact word um, and go on. Yeah. The state pledges itself to guard with special care the institution of marriage care. and to protect it against attack. Yeah. It's really archaic, f- funny, you know, kind of old Catholic language. Um, and we try to amend that to have it removed. Um, and we were ruled out of order. We wanted marriage dropped from it altogether. We ruled out of order. And Radical Gorman said the reason he, he thinks that that is justified is because if marriage was to be removed from it, then he'd have a bigger fight in his hands to try and get the whole package passed. But then he goes on later on to couple together the removal of a woman's place in the home from the Constitution and the question of care and how the state should or should not support care. And in that, he has these words that we long debates over today. Christine and I were just talking about it. The difference between endeavour and strive and what all that means and where it is in the dictionary and how powerful one is over the other. And the people out there must be going, yawn, yawn, yawn. What's all this got to do with me? But the people who aren't going, yawn, who are fed up about it, are the carers themselves. And all of the carers would say to you, they would much rather see strident, strong language in there that says the state shall support care uh, in the family home and beyond. Just just, just in case anyone's in the dark, and let's assume for the purposes of this conversation that people probably are. The article you're talking about is the insertion now of Article 42B. Uh, is the state recognises that the provision of care by members of a family to one another by the reason of the bonds that exist among them gives to society a support without which the common good cannot be achieved 
and shall strive to support such provision. So that, yeah, that, that's and we the, attempted to move sh- yeah, the strive bit and, you and just to say put in shall support that position. Right. And that means that carers all over the country would say, great, I'm going to vote for this because that recognises their their struggle, their day-to-day hardship, the fact that they're underpaid, that they don't even get enough supports to get respite once a year. They get money to get respite, but they can't get the supports. I know this because I was a carer and I was a member of the Carers Association. It is a terribly, terribly difficult job for family carers and they want recognition that this is difficult so the state shall support us, not strive to. I can strive to lose weight this year. I do every year and I fail in my in my striving. The state can fail in its striving. And as Pauline already said, we might have Roderick O'Gorman in government now, but we don't know who we're going to have next time right. and how, how well they'll strive or I'll if they'll I'll come strive. back to the issue of care as well. I just want to ask Marion Harkin, the, uh, the, the two proposals that are there, the... Uh, changing of the definition in the constitution of what constitutes the basis for uh, the family and the uh, recognition of the provision of care, not a woman's duties in the home, the replacement of that with a recognition of the provision of care by members of a family to one another by reason of the bonds that that, that exist among them. What will your take be or what will your stance be? What will you be saying to your, uh, your, your constituents in terms of um, voting on this? Well, my stance is very clear and I said it this evening in the Dáil. I will support both amendments. And I think politicians need now, seven weeks out, to come out and say whether they will or they won't. We can argue about the fact that uh, we shouldn't have the word strive, that it just shall, um, whatever... uh, shall support. We can argue about that. But what we have in front of us is what we're going to vote on. And that's something I learned in the European Parliament. You vote on what's in front of you. Not if it was a different government, we'd have a different amendment. So we have to accept what's here because this evening in the Dáil, there was no vote on either of these amendments. no vote was called on the first one. There was a vote called on the second, but not enough people stood up for a vote. So no... Just, just, sorry, ju- just to clarify, in, in terms of referring to them, there was a vote on the one... Uh, on the family. Uh, on the family, not the one on care, just to, just yeah. to be... Uh, the, the vote on the family was on the amendments, but not on t- that had been put down by various parties. But there wasn't a vote on the amendment, the government amendment, there was only a vote. I know this is pernickety, but there was no vote called on the amendment and there was on the second one, but not enough people stood up. So for what it. you're in effect saying is people, if they're in favour of it, say they're in favour of it, but don't say they're in favour of it and are holding their nose because of its imperfections. Yeah, of course it? it's imperfect. I would love to see that shall was taken out of it. But shall is a strong word. Shall means that it has real intent. And I know certainly at European level, we used to have lots of discussions about the difference between shall and should. And and shall was always seen as a stronger word. I would like to see this if it was stronger. And it is important to say that Family Carers Ireland, who were in the gallery today, and many other NGOs are supporting this column and um, they would like it to be better but that needs to be said because what I'm afraid of is a lot of people out there will say we heard so many politicians today um, you know I heard one politician actually say um, this is 
an insult when they were talking about the amendment on care. Well, whatever it is, it's not an insult. It needs to be stronger, but it is as it is. Right. And when you read this carefully and you have done so, what you see is they say that... If you just come over to the microphone, just in, oh, just, just in case we lose what yeah. you're going to say What there. they yeah. say is that the provision of care gives to society a support without which the common good cannot be achieved and that the government will strive to support such provision. Now, that's strong well, language. I, I do, and I want to come to Pauline O'Reilly on this, but it does say the state recognises that the provision of care by members of a family to one another by reasons of the bonds that, among, that exist among them gives to the society a support without which the common good cannot be achieved and shall strive to support such provision. Now, it's also the duty of the state uh, to provide things like respite care, to invest in independent living for people with uh, with a disability who, you know, when they become adults and, and their parents may lack the capacity to care for them uh, anymore, or even when their children and their parents need a lot of support. The, the state is recognising almost a duty of the family to care for them. Is 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 that to the neglect of the state's own duty? No, no. I, and, and I think that that, I mean, I was on, I was actually a witness on a Joint Rocks Committee in 2018 when this referendum came up previously. And what they wanted to do at the time was simply remove that bit about women in the home, put nothing in about care. And no other political party was willing to stand up and say, we need something in there about care. We need to ensure that we still support those who are caring and, and I was representing like, stay-at-home parents but, but, but my but point what, here what like, is the support? That's what I, I mean. Is, is this anything more than a constitutional round of applause for the efforts but, of people who are carers? But my, my point here is it shall strive to support. It's, it's not saying that, um, that everything is on the shoulders and, and, and I think it's really important to point out that Family Carers Ireland yeah. are supporting this. Like, are they, are they insignificant in this? They are the people yeah. who are caring particularly for those who have who are vulnerable adults, vulnerable children who have disabilities. They believe that this is their constitution and their members are coming out to support it. They also and supported our amendment. I had one of them at the press well, conference right, this you, morning. Yeah, but Breed, they supported okay, our amendment. Okay, you know, you, 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 you've mentioned a particular NGO, Breed Smith. You want to, you, you, yeah, Family Carers Ireland spoke at our press conference this morning and supported our amendment on this just, um, your, and strive. Your, your amendment was that it, was, it rather... Remove, would strive be, to and strive just to, it should be shall, shall support such shall provision. Support. Uh, and, and by the way, in case Marion's under any illusions, we made it quite clear at that, that if our amendments didn't pass, we'd be advocating yes and yes. And, and, you, and, and to be fair, PPP did, I didn't did, did do that. Yeah, PPP did, but, but Marion's quite right. Where are the other politicians okay, coming out? And people do need leadership on this. Do. You either agree that it's sexist language and you want it removed and that you still want care to be in there and you want that 42% or you don't. And I totally take on board... I'm, I'm long enough, I'm not even that long in politics to know that in every single piece of legislation, every single thing that comes before us, people put in amendments and they hope for the best and sometimes they can get over the line and sometimes they can't. I mean, there has been a lot of work on this. I was the vice chair of the Joint Rocks Committee on Gender Equality, which looked at this. It, there was no easy answers to how you put the wording in. At one point, we were just going to leave it up to the department because it was so challenging to actually come up with words that was going to put into effect what the citizens wanted. This is, I believe, the best form of words. Um, I look at every other referendum and there's always arguments over, will we have this word, will we not? Essentially, we're talking about a set of values. A constitution cannot set down 
every word. Right, but the, there is there is no material <clears throat> effect to these articles of the Constitution, is there? No. It, it, it's not the same as abortion. Like, it's not the same as abortion, but there was still legislation that was required. So it wasn't as if, well, you know, it, it, there was legislation that was that was required in order to be able to ensure that people could have abortions once it was passed. But surely. And so there are there are material changes that can happen in terms of right. rights. Okay. There is a material effect in extending the definition of family. I mean, yeah. absolutely. And what's as, the material effect? Well, in as your Pauline view? said, I mean, the Constitution um, protects family life and and some of the protections there would be that the state and we're not just talking about today the state could not interfere for example in religious belief within a family or in how children would be educated within a family those are the kind of rights that a constitution gives if the family is protected the, yeah, the, 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 the constitution gives rights to the family that it says predates the constitution are inalienable yeah, but, rights but in and because of because we are then extending the definition of family there is a material impact there and to say there isn't is not true. And those families who have not been recognised by the Constitution, I think it is really important that they are. And, you know, Colm, in some of the last referenda, people voted with their hearts as well as their heads. And I think we need to do that here as well. We need to look at people who are excluded and include them in those protections. Okay, there were there were clarifications, Christina, because the information space is going to be one of the, the key issues in the, in, the, in the coming seven weeks. Mm-hmm. The interpretation of the words, the meaning of the words, what's covered, what's not covered, uh, that came up in in, in the debate today. Uh, it, particularly, I think uh, I think we have it here in an exchange between Roderick O'Gorman uh, and Michael McNamara. I'll come to you after this, just after after we hear. This is on the issue of what is a durable relationship as the basis to the family, what would be covered, and what wouldn't be covered. This is uh, Claire Independent TD Michael McNamara in an exchange with Roderick O'Gorman, uh, the Minister for Integration. So the very clear policy intention of the government is that uh, whether it's a polygamous relationship, I've heard the words troubles thrown around, these sort of relations, troubles, troubles. Troubles. Oh, sorry, troubles. No, I did not. I did not. Yeah. No. Getting hungry. But that, that issue has come up in some of the debates, so we're very clear such a, such a relationship is not covered within the concept of durability and it's not covered in the expanded concept of the family. All right, a bit, bit of confusion there. Uh, Michael McNamara heard the word truffles. <laughs> uh, Roger O'Gorman was saying truffles. Uh, but of course, Christina had no relationship was without its troubles. Uh, and the, But the interpretation, this, this truffles word, I think, uh, came up as a result of a column that was written by the former Attorney General, uh, Michael McToole. But this is what we're going to hear over yeah, the next exactly. seven weeks, look, isn't it? It was a very uh, dense debate, so I think anyone would welcome a few lighter moments in these uh, discussions, and, and that was certainly one of them. Um, but yeah, look, we're going to have... Uh, I think discussions around language as we've seen already and this issue of um, family extending out to something that is beyond marriage so Michael McNamara was asking about uh, polyamorous relationships uh, uh, throuples where you know people are, are in relationships with multiple different people and um, Roderick Gorman was saying look that polyamorous relationships they're not recognised in Irish law and so they wouldn't be coming under this yeah, definition nor, nor polygamy 
monogamous relationships and this yes. this this, 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 this uh, arises from European immigration law and the right to a family reunification where people are coming from outside the European area. Yeah, and he did touch on the, the Irish immigration uh, the immigration issue as well, saying that they had specific uh, attorney general um advice about um, the implications that this might have. He said that the advice was that it would not have any implications on um, that legislation. I I know some TDs had asked for that to be, um, you know, the Attorney General's advice on why perhaps certain um, wording that was put forward by the Citizens' Assembly wasn't maybe perhaps made public. You know, it has been the case that the government often chooses, uh, rarely ever, I think, um, publishes attorney general advice that it receives. Um, so, look, I think we're going to see a lot of these discussions about what, you know, another thing constitutes a durable relationship. Um, you know, some people will be asking, is it six months, seven months? Is it what What does that actually mean? Um this is something that the government are saying is going to have to be tested in the courts. So, look, I think you're, we're going to have a whole array of discussions and debates about um, a lot of, I suppose, these interesting words that perhaps were never really in our vocabulary in the last number of months, but we will be discussing, right. no doubt, in the next couple of weeks. And in the course of the debate today, we heard, you know, some some rather uh, unusual uh uh, I suppose I wouldn't quite call it alliances, but common cause uh, and unusual areas. Here's Catherine Connolly talking about why she finds herself on the same side of the argument as uh, as the Rural Independent Group. An existing constitution tells us that the mother should not be obliged to work outside of the home because of economic necessity. Now, certainly, the wording needs to be changed. And the consequences of what happened of just zoning in on a woman and the parallel um, developments in Irish society by a male-dominated patriarchal society was totally unacceptable. But the concept behind, which for me is the kernel of what this debate should be about, and it hasn't been mentioned, no carer should be forced, whether they're a mother, a father, or whatever category they're working in as the primary carer in a house, should be forced out through economic necessity to have a different job or an additional job. Well, that was Catherine Connolly, the uh, independent TD for uh, Galway West there. Um, Pauline O'Reilly, the the, uh, the the Irish Daily Mail poll yesterday showed three-fifths of people back-changing, removing the reference to the to a woman's duties in the home. Just over half support the definition of the family in the upcoming votes. Um, so that there's, there, there's a large cohort of people who are either unconvinced or potentially against. There, I mean, the, the, there's everything to play for in this referendum. This is not one of these where the polling is showing it's a done deal in advance. We need everybody to get, to get out to vote. That's what we need. And, and for that to happen, those people who say that they're going to support it need to do more than just stand up and say on balance or I'll, uh, you know, I won't vote against it in the doll or I'll vote in favour, but I wish there was different words. Everybody would love if they got their hands on the Constitution and rewrote every word in the Constitution, but that's not what a referendum is. Would it help, though, if you accepted some of the opposition's uh, amendments in order to to broaden that coalition and deepen its support? As, As I say, I mean, this has been a conversation that's been ongoing for a long time. On the Gender Equality Committee, um, there were lots of private uh, meetings There we had lots of experts in and nobody found it easy to find wording. 
nobody found it easy. And these are the these are the words that we believe have the greatest legal certainty. Okay, it's would, important. Even it's the really one on durable relationship, because that that's the one that see, seems to come up. I mean, is a durable relationship? Uh, uh, describing the potential of that relationship to last a long time, a relationship that has already lasted a long time or the type of relationship that has traditionally lasted a long time. I think that this goes back this goes back to the earlier question around, you know, what's you know, what happens after this and what kind of legislation is brought in. This in itself is what underpins legislation, but it, you know, it's not going to divide in the same way as what I was speaking about with abortion. It didn't lay down in the Constitution that abortion was wasn't abortion up to birth, but it was abortion up to 12 weeks. That's what legislation was for. And that stands up from a constitutional point of view. So legislation that says, you know, lone parent families that says... In, in fairness, parent- the, the referendum on the removal of the Eighth Amendment was the removal of a referendum, which then cleared the way for the legal definition to be written yeah, in legislation. Uh, uh, so so there is no constitutional underpinning That's for any, anything uh, there. Yes. It's, it's, no, so you, it's a different kind of, of, you, of, of, yeah, of you're result. Right, you're right. But even having, you know, whether abortion is in or it's out... Um, you can put in place, I guess, legislation, which it now allows for abortion, but it's it's still up to the legislature to say up to what period it allows abortion. I okay. guess that's I that's the point that, that I'm trying to make that, here. That, and that, that it, word specifically durable is going yeah. to be a, a bone of contention because we've seen even, you know, Flack have been out putting the spotlight on that and obviously they yeah, have Your their colleague Orla Ryan wrote, wrote up an interview she'd done with the Eilish Barry from Flack today. Yeah, and they, you know, were highlighting particularly that issue and I suppose they have the legal hat on and and how this might play out as we said once this referendum um, whether it's passed and ultimately that wording will have to be tested by the courts and they did find issue with that so you know I do think there will be discussions as we said we are dealing with what we have in front of us right now but I don't think um, you know perhaps um you know, ignoring possibly what could lie in the future is is. I agree. I don't think we should ignore what could happen in the future. And that was the one time today I did disagree with Minister O'Gorman when I think it was Michael McNamara spoke about polygamous marriages. That that was the phrase he was using. And Minister O'Gorman said, oh, you know, that couldn't happen. Whatever. We don't ever know what will come before the courts. And that is the case with every single sentence in the Constitution as it is. There's nothing 100% certain. To me, this amendment is about looking at all of those families that are not recognised by our Constitution and conferring that recognition on them. There may be extreme cases. I'm not going to say there won't be or there can't be. There may be. And I think we have to be honest and say that to people because people aren't stupid. People are intelligent. They understand things like this can happen. But the greater good is to extend the definition of family and let the courts decide on what durable relationships finally I just think it's it's tragic that on the question of care that that um, amendment has been coupled on the vote. When people go to vote, they won't be voting 
I want to remove a woman's places in the home from the Constitution and then I want to vote on care. It's the one vote. They're coupled and I think that's tragic and I think it'll cause confusion and I think it'll allow for a weaker result than what would be desirable. I would rather see loads of people voting for a woman to be able to say my place is wherever I want it to be, not in the kitchen or in the home. And I think most people would vote for that, but not everybody, not the same majority would vote for that clause on care because it's weak. It's very, very weak. It would be be very sad and disappointing if family carers weren't supported by people (coughs) backing this. I think family carers may say that they may say that about the current state of affairs. Well, but they, my point here is all of the caring associations are backing this and they're backing it as is. And of course, we'd all love different wording if that was possible in all kinds of circumstances in every piece of legislation we're all going to argue okay, I, like, I, 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 I'm a solicitor myself I'll I, have different views I, I have to comment look what people should be asking the various political parties is how they will use the change to the constitution if we change it mm-hmm. to underpin support for carers the constitution will be as it is, it's the decisions that political parties make that make the difference. OK, we're going to take a quick break. We may come back with uh, some calls, texts and emails after this. The Late Debate with Colm Mungon on RTE Radio 1.